1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California.
0: Good afternoon, I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the State of California. Well, Governor Newsom signed more than two dozen bills this week to stimulate housing production, and then another package of bills addressing homelessness... As he and the legislature tackle what was California's top priority before the pandemic struck, of course, the governor believes these measures will lead to the construction of more than 80,000 new units of housing statewide. He's going to hold cities and counties more accountable if they don't meet their housing creation goals. He has set ambitious housing goals before and failed to meet some of them. How much will these new measures really help? Well, for more, we're joined today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Ben Metcalf. He's the managing director of the Turner Center for Housing Innovation at UC Berkeley. Thank you so much for being with us hey my
1: pleasure happy to join
0: so first of all how big an impact do you think all these bills in the aggregate are really likely to have it's significant
1: Um, you know this this is a year where the state really set out to push some significant policies on a bunch of different fronts and what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is the governor signing bills that really will have impact on on um, on on how we plan for housing how we finance housing how we build housing and I think the, the consequence of this may be not visible you know, in the next few months, but over the next few years, I think we're going to see a significant number of new homes coming, coming into production as a consequence of this legislation.
0: So the governor is hoping for 84,000 new units of housing here, but isn't that kind of a drop in the bucket when the state needs several million new units, I believe the number is?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's important to put this in context as as you just did. I mean, we've been building about a hundred thousand units a year. Really, I think we would need to be building something closer to two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand units a year, new homes a year, uh, over a period of several decades to be able to catch up with the with the shortfall that we're in. But I think, you know, what what the, the, the package of bills that got signed, they're not these are not these are not one time. Changes. I mean, we we are we are really making sort of fundamental shifts in housing policy that will actually have their biggest impact of five ten years from now, and will have staying power. So they will continue to boost housing production on an ongoing basis. This is this is not a one time hit.
0: So which one or two of those measures stands out to you the most as the most likely to to have that long range impact?
1: Well, look. I mean, the, the big one that got all the headlines was the signing of Senate Bill Nine. This is the one that formally uh, dissolve single-family zoning, if you will. Mm. It basically authorizes any homeowner in California uh, to to go out and add uh, up to to three additional homes for four total on their single family lot. They can turn their existing home into a duplex. They can uh, turn around and sell their backyard uh, in all likelihood for somebody who wants to build a small home in the rear. So Two thirds of California's residential land has been locked up as single-family zoned land for the last half century or so. We've seen really no development in that in that swath, that large majority of residential land. Um, and so, the fact that we've really opened that up to a smaller scale, probably more accessible housing, uh, that that's the biggest uh, for sure. Adding on to that, we have a whole list of other, you know, non-trivial changes. Um, the state has given direction to cities that uh, they have to be more judicious about how they impose fees and permits, taxes on on new development. The state has uh, told uh, local governments that they can't have minimums in terms of uh, minimum lot sizes or, you know, minimum expectations on how much building c- can get built, um, so, so, you know, there's, there's all hosts host of things like that that I think will help keep, um, whether it's single-family zoned areas or multifamily zoned areas, that will basically make it easier, faster, more efficient, uh, less hoops for folks to go through when they're going out to get new housing permitted to improve.
0: Yeah, that whole idea of single-family zoning started in Berkeley, which seems ironic now, but uh, it's come full circle. Uh, one of the measures the governor signed into law creates a new housing accountability unit. They're going to ride herd on local governments to make sure they greenline what they're supposed to. You, you served in you know, a top housing position in the previous administration under Governor Brown. What do you think of this new unit? Is that something local leaders are going to be happy working with, or, or are they more likely to chafe under that?
1: Well I think I think it's some of both. I mean I think what you're really doing here is you're acknowledging that the state has put in place a whole bunch of laws and you know there are 5 hundred and forty some odd California cities and counties each of them has their own planning and zoning departments each of them is trying to navigate their way through all this new state housing legislation. Some of the, some of them are doing it well, some of them just can't keep up and some are politically opposed And so I think having an accountability measure, that um like this new housing unit in sacramento that can you know basically say look we're we're gonna just make sure that the laws we have on the books that you can understand them um you know we'll support you where we can in terms of you know helping you just get up to speed on what they require and obligate you to do but if you don't follow them there are there are going to be consequences and i think um that's really important because ultimately a lot of what the state needs to do here is get local staff local elected officials mayors and city councils to go along with it Um, not fight it not push back not ignore it and having a unit like this that's you know well staffed and well resourced has to be part of that solution so absolutely i'm I'm, I'm supportive i think it was the right move
0: how likely are all these laws to actually produce a lot more affordable housing not just market rate housing i know the idea partly is you just produce more prices will come down a rising tide well i guess rising tide in this case doesn't lift all boats it lowers them but uh how likely do you think we are to see you know sufficient affordable housing production
1: yeah i think um, there's a bunch in here that's really promising the single biggest uh, part probably is this year's budget um does propose to put forward uh the largest amount of sort of new money to directly subsidize the creation of affordable housing that i think we have ever seen in california it's uh, uh some 14 billion dollars that the state is committing to put into strategic investments and in, into a variety of multifamily affordable housing as well as assisting uh, folks who are exiting homelessness so so you want to move the dial uh you know you, you write a check that big you're you're going to move the dial beyond that i think we do have a bunch of smaller moves in these bills that i think are going to be helpful just you know folks often get very frustrated because they say oh well the state's putting all this money out there for this but we can't we you know where's the housing has gotten built yet well, there are a few things that are going to help um, actually ensure that these projects can get funded faster and then get permitted and approved faster at the local level. Um, so that, that's going to help uh, a lot, too. So whether that's, you know, helping these affordable projects to be exempted from some of the environmental reviews that can tangle them up in litigation for years, whether it's limiting some of the um, the number of hearings that uh, local local governments can can make the, the projects uh, uh, have to jump through, um, you know, whether it's limiting some of the imp- the fees that that cities can charge on these affordable projects, you know, it's basically imposing fees on the, the state subsidy. I mean, oh, these are there are a bunch of little examples where we've sort of taken some of the friction out of the process that'll help uh, whatever housing can get built to get built um, that, that much faster and maybe a little bit cheaper too.
0: Well, thank you so much, Ben Metcalf, Managing Director of the Turner Center for Housing Innovation at UC Berkeley. Thanks for being with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I'm really happy to be on the show. Glad you're glad you're focusing on this important topic.
0: You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter, always tweeting with the latest, at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.